get my mic back on here. <laughs> if you worked with Steve and I, you wouldn't be a bit surprised by me dropping things. All right, Luke chapter 1, chapter 1, verse 67 tonight, or this morning. I'll get it together here in a minute. Verse 67 through verse 79 is what we're going to read. I want to focus on just the last two, verse 78 and 79. Not the last two verses of the chapter, but the last two verses of our passage this morning. And uh, I titled the message this morning, Zacharias' Prophecy. Um, Before I read the passage, just review the chapter just a little bit. Zacharias is uh, an older man, I I think somewhere in the range of 60. And uh, he and his wife have been waiting. He and Elizabeth have been waiting and, and wanting to have a child and the Lord came to him in, in the temple when he was ministering to the, before the Lord. An angel of the Lord came unto him and said, You're going to have a child. And you're going to have a son. And he says, How is this, this going to be? I'm old. <laughs> he doubted the, 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 the story that the angel told him. And the angel said, Well, from now until the birth of the child, you'll be dumb. You won't be able to speak. And, uh, and so shortly after that, Elizabeth is with child, and, and, they, and they go off, and, and she hides herself for six months or nine months, and they wait for the birth of this child. Zacharias has gone at least nine months without saying a word. And, uh, and we're, we, we're going to read a story here of the day of John's birth. This is going on when John is born, or maybe shortly after. But I just look at this. He's, Zacharias has just had his only son. What a moment. What a day. He's 60 years old or somewhere in that range. So is Elizabeth. And God has just given them this miracle child. I, I've, I've tried to think about it. I remember back to the, when Lana was born, our firstborn. What, a, what an amazing day that is. To first hold your child. Right? It's... It's the most surreal moment of your life, maybe, or one of them. There's joy, there's fear. Every emotion just kind of rolls through as you, as you hold her. And I, and I look at Zacharias here. This wasn't supposed to happen. He's past that age. He's an older man now. And, and God has given him a son. It's got to be overwhelming to, to hold that child. Now he knows some things about John that, that God had told him. This man has the Holy Spirit from, a, from the womb. This man is the front runner to Christ. He's going to go and tell about Jesus. He's going to, he's going to be the one that, that brings folks to Jesus Christ. This is a powerful man in, the, in, in God's plan. He's an integral part of God's plan for all of eternity. And so you consider what is going through Zacharias' mind as he holds this baby. The joy of a son. The fear of a son, right? I'm now a father. I have responsibility that I've never had before. This son has a great responsibility too. I just, I look at it and it's amazing to me. The day or the week that Zacharias is having right here. He's, 
And then the Bible says that he's filled with the Holy Ghost and he starts to prophesy, he starts to tell what is going to happen soon. This is why his name is John. God gave me this. He told me his name would be John. This is why I've been dumb for nine months. This is why I haven't spoken. He starts to give some, some explanation and the Holy Spirit comes upon him. He starts to, to prophesy. I also thought about Zacharias. The Holy Spirit fills him at this moment. But consider his walk for the last however many months. You know, if you couldn't speak, I hope that in my life, if I lost the ability to speak for a time, that that time would be spent communing with God. Because while I can't talk to you, I can still speak to Him in the Spirit. I can still talk to the Holy Spirit every, every moment of every day. And so I, I look at Zacharias. He was a godly man. He was serving in the temple where he was supposed to be. And so this, this time of silence, he spent this. And, and I, I can't prove it from the Scripture, but I believe he spent this communing with God. Just in awe of what God is doing in his life. He's looking at his wife as she, as she has this baby growing within her. The child starts to show and, and just the emotions of even the pregnancy. And now it's all come to fruition and he's holding this son. I, I try to imagine what his voice had to have sounded like as he started to speak. Verse 67 says, And the, his father Zacharias was filled with the Holy Ghost and prophesied, saying, Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, for he hath visited and redeemed his people, and hath raised up an horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant David. Now he's not talking about his son. God has given him foresight to the birth of Christ. What an amazing thought. Not only am I now a father, but I get to see the Messiah. And he spake by the mouth of his holy prophets, which he had been since the world begun, began, that we should be saved from our enemies and from the hand of all that hate us, to perform the mercy promised to our fathers and to remember his holy covenant, the oath which he sware to our father Abraham, that he would grant to us that we, being delivered out of the hand of our enemies, might serve him without fear, in holiness and righteousness before him all the days of our life. Now he's speaking of John, and thou, child, I'm sorry, no he's not. Just let me keep reading. And thou, child, shall be called the prophet of the highest. For the, yes, he is. <laughs> I'm sorry. This is John. Thou, child, shall be called the prophet of the highest, for thou shalt go before the face of the Lord to prepare his ways, to give knowledge of salvation unto his people by the remission of his sins, through the tender mercy of our God, whereby the day spring from on high hath visited us, to give light to them that sit in darkness and in the shadow of death, to guide our feet into the way of peace. He's, he's just, I, I just imagine John, or Zacharias, just bubbling over as he's telling this story. This is what we've been waiting for. This is the day we've been anticipating from the time God told Abraham about it. Till now, this is it. And, and, he's, and he's just in awe and in wonder of what is happening. And verse 67, uh, I mean, I'm sorry, 78, I, I keep looking at the wrong part of my notes, is where I want to start this, the message this morning and look at the love of God, the light of God, 
and the peace with God. He's, he's prophesies about what Christ is going to do here. And verse 78 is such a precious verse in the scriptures. If you look at that, through the tender mercies of our God, whereby the day spring from on high hath visited us. The day spring, it's, it's the sun rising in the east. It's, it's that moment when, when the darkness is dispelled. And he says, this is what's happening here. Because of the tender mercies of our God, the day spring is rising. The sun is now here. He's going to dispel darkness in this earth, and He's going to give us light, and He's going to give us peace. What an amazing message Zacharias gives. I want, to look, I want to dwell on it for just a few minutes this morning. Let's have a word of prayer, and we'll look at these three things. Father, thank You for our time together today. Lord, as we consider Christmas Father, help us to always remember it's only and all about Christ. That sacrifice He made for us. The measure of His love. Lord, it's, it's demonstrated in, in, in Christmas. It's, it's demonstrated in His life and everything that He does. The unfailing, unconditional love that He has for us. Father, guide us this morning. Open our hearts to your word and help us to grow. In Christ's name we pray, amen. So verse 78 says this amazing thing, that through the tender mercy of our God, he says, here's God's love has been shown to us here. Now his life is full of the love of God. It's overflowing in his life. And Christian, that is the way it is to be with us. I'm not Zacharias. My son is not John the Baptist. But you know what? I have the Holy Spirit dwelling within me. He redeemed me, and I, and, I can, and I can now read His Word and proclaim it, just like Zacharias did. It ought to be a joyful thing to us. And as He's, and as he's talking, he, he points out that the love of God is, is evidenced by what is going on right now. He said people look around and see that this is the tender mercy of our God. I want us to see two things about the love of God. It's, it's God's love and it's Christ's love. It's, it's unconditional and, and it's to all. Now, we all know John 3.16 and, and I talk about it quite a bit. But I want, to, I want to think on it again this morning. For God so, so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. His, his will is that we all have everlasting life. That not, He's not willing that any should perish. And I always hang up on the word so, and I, I hope it never changes. God so loved the world. God so loved me. The measure of His love. Is infinite. It doesn't stop because I'm sinner. It doesn't stop when I fail Him. He knew begin, from the beginning, from all time, that I would fail Him every day of my life. That all of my righteousnesses, the best that I can do, are filthy rags before Him. He knew all of this. 
And He knew the result of it. He knew that my sin brought death, and that death was eternal separation from God in hell, where the worm dieth not and the fire is not quenched. God knows all of these things. He sees my failures, and He knows that I'm going to fail Him in the future. So when I say that God so loved the world, that love is unconditional, unmeasurable, and unchanging. He looked at me, He saw my sin, and He knew the only payment that could redeem me was that His Son had to come to the earth. He had to come, be born, and this is why we celebrate Christmas. Because the day spring on high has visited us. He sent His Son. He said, you'll live there for 33 years and then you'll die the most horrible death possible to man. You're going to take the sin, not only of Ryan's, but of every person that has ever lived or ever will, and I'm going to place them on your shoulders. And you're going to bear them to the cross. You're going to lay down on that cross, you're going to drive the nails in your hands, the nails in your feet. Lift that cross and drop it in the ground. And you'll die hanging there. With the weight of the sins of the world on you. He looked at me. And that's the measure of his love. The word so is so powerful. He so loved the world. He so loved you that he sent his son to die. That's the tender mercy of our God. That unconditional, unchanging love that He has for you and for me. Go to Romans chapter 5 with me, please. Verse 6 says, For when we were yet without strength, in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. For scarcely for a righteous man will one die, yet peradventure for a good man some would even dare to die. But God commendeth His love toward us. He showed His love. He expressed His love. Commended His love toward us. And that while we were yet vile... While we were yet sinners, living in sin, unworthy, Christ died for us. We just see over and over and over in the Bible, the measure of God's love is shown in that He sent His Son to die for you. I won't do that. I don't think I could do that. to send my son to die in your place. I might die in your place. That'd be easier. But to send my son, and if it's the only son, even more so, (laughs) this is all I've got. That's the measure of His love. The tender mercies of our God. Zacharias is saying, listen, He understood the Messiah was coming. And it was an expression of God's love. Go with me to Philippians chapter 2. Philippians chapter 2, verse 5 through 8. 
Christ shows His love. The tender mercy of our God. We know that God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit are one. The Trinity is one. Different functions, but the same God. So, when I speak of God's love, I'm speaking of Christ's love. When I speak of Christ's love, I'm speaking of the Holy Spirit's love. But different functions. And and we read here in verse 5 of chapter 2, Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, and took upon him the form of a servant, and was made in the likeness of man. Being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. This is an amazing passage to me too. I can't get over this passage. Lord willing, I never will. We're, gonna, we're not going to get over it in heaven. We, we wonder what we're going to think about in heaven. We're going to think about this. We're going to see Him in all His glory and His real splendor and who He is. We're going to understand so much more than we understand now. And we're going to look at Him and we're going to think, You became a man. You took on old dirty rotten flesh because of me. If it can't evoke emotion now, I promise you it will then. He said, "Those he, he who was equal to God, it's not robbery to be equal with God. They are one. He is God. Fully God and fully man when He came to earth. He humbled Himself, become a man, became obedient unto death. He became obedient to His parents. He became obedient to the laws of the land. Consider all that He humbled Himself to. All power within Him was able to, with a thought, destroy the world. Yet He allowed the laws of man to dictate how He lived His life. He said He grew in, in stature and in wisdom. He limited Himself and became a, monk, a man. Became a baby. The Creator of the world had to learn how to walk. This is the measure of the love of God. This is the measure of, love of Jesus Christ Himself. So as, jo- as Zacharias is sitting here, holding his son and rejoicing, he says, we see the love of God, the tender mercies of our God, are on display for us here. Christian, it's on display for us every time we open the Word of God. The tender mercies of God. That I have His Word is His mercy. Complete, perfect, correct in everything it says. I trust every single letter in this Bible. I know it's right. That's the tender mercies of our God. It's spread abroad in our life. They were seeing salvation come to the world. We look back and we see it through the Word of God. The tender mercies of our God is displayed. Zacharias is rejoicing in the love of God. Then he rejoices in the light of God. He said, Whereby the day spring from on high hath visited us to do what? To give light to them that sit in darkness. The day spring, as I said, it's, it's the sun rising in the east. That, that's what that means. You ever sit and just watch the sunrise? It's an amazing thing. I, I've was thinking about elk hunting 
when I was thinking about the sunrise. My brother and I got up really early one day, went up in the mountains of Wyoming, got out and hiked through the, through the dark and the snow up to this high point overlooking a valley. We, we had scouted this area before. We knew that the elk lived down in the v- bottom of that valley. There was so much evidence. And we thought, we're going to get up here on the west side, look into the east, look into the east, and we're going to watch the sunrise, and then I'm going to shoot an elk, and we're going to go home. Just knew they were going to be down there. We get up there, and we sat down, and it was cold. Man, it was cold, and it was dark, and it was still, and it didn't seem like the sun was ever going to come up. Sitting there waiting, and waiting, and waiting. And finally, it starts to come up over the And we're sitting there shivering because it was supposed to be decently warm that day. It's cold because the sun wasn't up. And as the sun comes up, it starts dispelling the darkness over the valley. Those rays start hitting the trees and you start seeing all the detail and the beauty of the country around. And it rises until it finally hits us and we feel the warmth of it. And it was just, it was an amazing moment to watch it rise that morning and, and, and just enjoy the sunrise. Over the, over the mountain points that were to the, to the east of us. There wasn't a single elk in the valley. But I thought about the, the, the day spring on high hath visited us. That's the picture in my spiritual life. When, when I see Christ as who He is, and I accept Him as my Savior, it's the sun rising. It dispels the darkness in my life. It takes out the coldness of this old world. And sheds abroad the love of his, the warmth of his love. I, I'm I'm nourished by that sunrise. That that light gives life. It's the perfect picture of what is going on as Christ comes to the earth. The sun is rising over this old, stale, dark, cold, bitter world. He's coming. Go with me to John chapter three, please. I read some of this last night. Chapter, chapter 3, verse 19. Verse 17 says, God sent not His Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through Him might be saved. Verse 18, He that believeth on Him is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned already because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. If I, if I don't believe in Him, my sin has condemned me. I'm born in sin, right? There's none righteous, no, not one. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. From the moment we're born, we're born in sin. It's why Jesus was born to a virgin. So that he didn't have an earthly father. The, the sin nature is passed on through the father. From, from, from Adam till now, you're born in sin. If we don't believe him, we're condemned already. If we turn to him, the condemnation is taken away. Verse 19, and this is the condemnation. That light, Jesus Christ, came into the world. And men loved darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. He said, the day spring on high has come. But, you don't have to accept that light. It's offensive to sin. It's offensive to darkness. If we love evil, it's offensive. 
He said, people reject me because they love darkness rather than light. His love is shed abroad, but that doesn't mean everyone accepts it. It's something that we, we accept, something that we have to surrender to. John chapter 1 speaks of Christ, 1 through 14 In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. The Word is Jesus Christ. All things were made by Him and without Him was not anything made that was made. In Him was life and the life was the light of men. And the light shineth in darkness and the darkness comprehended it not. Here's the light. The day spring has come. The darkness doesn't understand. The world didn't understand who Christ was and what He was there for. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. The same came for a witness to bear witness of the light, that all men through him might believe. Not through John, through Jesus Christ, through the light. He was not that light, but was sent to bear witness of that light. That was the true light which lighteth every man that cometh into the world. He was in the world, the world was made by him, and the world knew him not. He came unto His own, and His own received Him not. I have this underlined in my, ver- in my Bible. The only part of this chapter that I have underlined is, but as many as receive Him. But as many as receive Him. Every individual that receives Him. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter where you came from, where you grew up. Doesn't matter who you are, what you've done. Doesn't matter what religion you're a part of. Nothing has any bearing on this except you believe in Him. For as many as receive Him, to them gave He power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on His name, which were born not of blood, nor the will of the flesh, nor the will of man, but of God. And the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. The light of God is shed abroad. It was brought to man. At this day. John says, the day spring on high is visiting us. This verse says, we have to receive Him. But as many as receive Him, they become the sons of God. They are adopted into the family of God. 1992, I accepted the Lord as my Savior. Next year will be 30 years as a Christian. That light rose in my heart. Life came in. Never regretted it. I never will. I promise you that. So thankful that at that time the Holy Spirit drew me and I humbled myself and surrendered to it. I didn't do anything. He redeemed me. I was not worthy. He redeemed me. I was walking in darkness. And He shed light in my heart. As many as receive Him, it's everyone. We have to receive Him. If we do not, we're condemned already. That's what the Bible says. The light came. Zacharias is rejoicing because salvation has come to man. He says to give light to them back in our text that sit in darkness and in the shadow of death. To give life. Light is life. 
If we were in darkness, there would be no life on this planet. Everything relies on the sun. And it's the same thing in the spiritual life. There's no spiritual life without the sun. It's all in Him. It says, then, to guide our feet into the way of peace. The Jews missed it. They were, looking for a, they were looking for a peace. They were looking for deliverance from the Romans. They thought that it was going to be an earthly peace. There's going to be no earthly peace before Christ reigns on this earth. We know that from Scripture. But this is peace with God. My being His enemy is resolved because of this. There's peace with God. Go back to Romans chapter 5. We're going to start in verse 1. Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. I'm going to read on in a little bit, but I want to to just talk about it for a second. The peace of God. My sin is a breach between me and God. Before I accepted Him as my Savior, there was no access to the Father. I had no, I had no relationship with the Lord. It didn't matter what I did. When I was 13, I tithed. I was in church every time the doors were open. I had my tie on. I came to all the, all the, the programs that the church put on. I, I sang in the choir. I sang... In the, all the Christmas ensembles, I was there serving in the church every time possible. I was always there, as long as I can remember. From a worldly standpoint, I looked like a pretty good kid. I was respectful to my elders. I, I was obedient to my parents for the most part. was not perfect, but I was a good kid. I had no relationship with God. None of that mattered. I was His enemy, the Bible says. In all of those supposed good works, I was the enemy of God because I was the child of Satan. I had not surrendered to salvation and given Him my heart and soul. And so all my good deeds, everything that I had done to that point, were nothing. Filthy rags, the Bible says. Such a a convicting uh, analogy. That is the rag that they take and they wipe up the puke and the sewage. It's full of bacteria and just filth. That's all that I've ever done up to that point in my life when I compare it to the righteousness of God. The world would say I was a good kid. Look in the Word of God and it says I was the enemy of God. There was no peace between me and God. There was a great separation and so it says, therefore being justified by faith, we have peace. The, the wall was torn down. The veil was rent in the, in the temple when, when Christ died. Saying, now I have access to the Father. When I accept the Son, through faith, by faith, through Jesus Christ, by whom also we have access by faith into this grace wherein we stand, and rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. 
Not only so, but we glory in tribulations also, knowing that tribulation worketh patience, and patience experience, and experience hope. And hope maketh not ashamed, because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which is given unto us. For when we were yet without strength, in due time Christ died for the ungodly. For scarcely for a righteous man will one die, yet peradventure for a good man some would even dare to die. But God commendeth his love towards us, and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Much more than being now justified by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him. For if, when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his Son, much more being reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. The day spring on high has come. Why? So that light comes into the world, and so that I now have peace with God. So I have a relationship with my Creator. Almost 30 years now that I've been a Christian. That blows my mind. I, I don't feel like I'm 30 years old total. But almost 30 years I've walked with Him. And I haven't been perfect. I walked away from Him. I've given that testimony. For a good 10 years of my life I did not serve the Lord. And I'm so sorry for that. But at no time did he leave me. At no time could I not stop and turn to him and walk right back to the Father and have that peace through Jesus Christ. There's no, nothing else that will do that for you. Ephesians chapter 2. Ephesians chapter 2, 13 and 9, through 19. <coughs> Excuse me. Verse 13 says, But now in Christ Jesus, ye who sometimes were far off, are made nigh by the blood of Christ. For he is our peace, who hath made both one, and broken down the middle wall of partition between us, having abolished in his flesh the enmity, even the law of commandments contained in ordinances, for to make in himself of twain one new man, so making peace, that he may reconcile both unto God in one body by the cross, having slain the enmity thereby." And came and preached peace to you, which were afar off, and to them that were nigh. For through him we both have access by one Spirit unto the Father. Therefore, or now therefore, ye are no more strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and of the household of God. Do you know him as your Savior this morning? It says, you are now a part of the family of God. If you don't know Him, if there's never been a day in your life that you, that you surrendered to His leading in your life, said, Father, or Jesus Christ, I give you my all. I know that you are my Redeemer. I know that you are the only one who can redeem me. And I, and I sacrifice my life to that. I surrender my life to you. The Bible says if there's never been a day in your life that you've done that, you're a stranger and enemy of God. You can struggle from now to the day you die and do as many good works as you want and you'll never make it. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. If you say you've no sin, the Bible says you're a liar and the truth is not in you. 
If we, if we do not believe in Him, we're condemned already. The Bible warns us over and over and over that if we don't know Him as our Savior, there's nothing we can do. No religion. Being here today doesn't do it. Being here every day for the rest of your life doesn't do it. You're still the enemy of God. Until you come to the point of surrender and say, you are the Lord of my life. I understand now that in my flesh dwelleth no good thing. I cannot do it. And yet I accept the, the free gift of salvation. The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. What an amazing thing. Zacharias sits here and he's talking about, I mean, he's holding his son. He's having the best week of his life. I promise you that. Excited beyond all measure. Why? Because he's a father. But greater than that, because Christ is coming. The Messiah is here. We'll be here soon. I get to see him. Zacharias says, I'm going to see the Messiah with these eyes. I didn't think that was going to happen. So having the best moment of his life and he's telling everyone around him, listen, this is why it's so great. This is why Christmas matters. Because I once was lost and now I'm found. I know when I die where I'm going. Because of Christmas? Because of the day spring? Because Christ came and died for me and paid the penalty of my sin. I know where I'm going when I die. And you can too. What an amazing thing. We can't, we can't measure the joy in Zacharias's heart. And trust me, if you don't know the Lord as your Savior, if you accept Him, you can't measure the joy that will come in yours. He died for you. God so loved the world that He sent His Son and died for you. Committed His love for you. And while you were yet a sinner, He bore that sin and paid the penalty on the cross. Zacharias' prophecy, what a joyful time in this man's life. Do you know Him as your Savior this morning? I don't know hearts. God does. You do. And He loves you today. Unconditionally. Unconditionally. It doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter who you are. He simply asks that you come to Him. The Bible says, I, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. Open the door. Give Him your heart and your soul. And you'll have peace with God through Jesus Christ. Father, th- thank You for our time this morning. Thank You, Lord, for... The, the beautiful promises in Your Word. Thank You most of all for salvation today. Lord, that now, because of You, life has purpose and meaning and joy and worth. Father, we know that without You is darkness. Lord, we we praise You for salvation. We praise You for, for this time of Christmas. And Lord, help us to always and only focus on You the sacrifice that You made. And Lord, give us boldness then to tell others 
This is why Christmas matters. Because Almighty God humbled Himself and dwelt among us. Father, work in this time of invitation. Lord, draw us to Yourself. If there's, if there's those here that don't know You as, your, as their Savior, Lord, impress upon them the truth of the Gospel, the necessity of knowing You. We're just guide in, this, in the next few moments. Let's all stand with our heads bowed and eyes closed. This morning, it's a salvation message. Zacharias was telling of salvation. He said, this is why it matters. Because God loves you. He, he knows everything about you. The Bible says that God knows every thought you've ever thought, every step you've ever taken, everything you've ever done. And it does not change the fact that He loves you to the extent that He sent His Son to die for you. All He asks in return is that you give Him your heart and soul. Satan will say, well, I, I, don't, I don't think it's that easy. There's got to be more to it. He's going to put thoughts in our minds that will make us doubt the Word of God. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Simply believe on Him this morning. Christian, are you bold in your witness? Can you proclaim like Zacharias did? Christ came, and this is why. With joy in your heart, with with compassion for the lost. Go out and tell the true meaning of Christmas. We have opportunities this month to talk about Christ. Let's be bold in that. We have been given life and light and peace through Jesus Christ. You can look this way. Thank you all for being here this morning. What an amazing message that God sent His Son for us. I, I, I want to meet Zacharias. I'm going to meet Zacharias someday. Elizabeth. And I hope we get to talk about these things. I hope we can, hope we can just get a glimpse of, of what was going on in their heart at that time. But as I said, what we're going to mostly focus on and, and will for eternity is seeing the glory of God and being reminded that that is where He was and He came down to us. Because of my sin, He took Himself from that glorified state of heaven and took on the form of a man. Went through all the temptations as we did and died for us and then rose again conquering sin and death. That's what we're going to focus on in heaven. We'll, we'll praise Him for eternity for that. With perfect understanding. An amazing time. We sang before Sunday school what a day that will be. Well, we can't understand the day that that's going to be when we see our Savior. Uh, praise the Lord for salvation this morning. Let's be dismissed in a word of prayer. I encourage you to be back tonight at 5 Moses, looking at the life of Moses and Moses' sin that kept him out of the land of Canaan. 
He struck the rock instead of speaking to it. We'll look at that tonight. Be dismissed on a word of prayer. I'm going to ask Matt to pray for us, please.